discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Now, the word dokimazo, now, the first meaning, meaning is what I gave you. So, God will test you, prove you, approve you, then he'll allow you an entrance to the next level. And you must be spiritually promoted in what you are serving. The capacity you are serving now. The promotion comes from, from heaven, actually. Yeah. Jesus told Hagin that there are ministers I've called, they, they stay in the first phase of their ministry. They never enter the first phase of their ministry till they die. So all of us who are serving God, God wants to promote us, not only in this life, but in the, in, the, in the life that is to come. Very important. In the next age, our capacities will determine how faithfully we served in this age. Praise God. Now, Dokimazo was a, a term that was applied to the purification of metals. How metals were purified from impurities and from alloy. And the Kimazo in those days deals with three different stages where the coin is taken through three hot blazing fires to be purified from its hidden impurities. What happened was that you can take a coin and outwardly the coin is solid and fine and strong. But after a while, when you put pressure on the coin, it will begin to crack and break. But physically speaking, as if there's nothing wrong with the coin, the coin shines and is nice. But when you take it through the fires, then you see the amount of impurities hidden in the coin. But the process whereby the coin undergoes through three hot blazing fires of ref refinery finance, where it is purified from its impurities, is called Dokimazo. Hallelujah. So some of the challenges and tests, some of, God sometimes, uh, he doesn't cause things. He doesn't cause evil. Sometimes he allows some things, a kind of experience with us, so he can perfect us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, I'll pass my life exam. With flying colors. Because the Bible says, a wet one that needed not to be ashamed. You know what it means? The word literally means nothing should cause you to be ashamed after your works are inspected. It's like a, we've, you've produced a kind of work and you have been inspected. When you are in school, those of you who did something practical in school, sometimes your works will be mounted and it's been inspected. When it comes to yours and you didn't really do the work well, what you feel is shame. Shame. I remember when I was in school, I did art. I did art. Visual art. Art. So we did some, I did industrial arts design. So we had spent time praying and doing some ministry. So when it came to, but I did my work. A lot of design. So after me, before me was a Muslim. And the lecturer, the examiner was a Muslim. And they all knew, they all called me pastor. <laughs> so I presented my work and I knew that some of the works were not complete. So I just prayed, Lord, you are my help. <laughs> so when I got it, a Muslim lecture was now with this Muslim guy. And he said, stand here. I said, pastor, you come. Hmm. And people were there. <laughs> so they opened my work. The, now, the first design was so nice. 
But I knew the next one was bad. <laughs> so when he saw, he said, wow. Then he used me to, to lambast the Islamic guy. Look at what the pastor is doing. Look at what the pastor is doing. Pastor, you are, you are a real Christian. Look at your works. So he started saying so many wonderful things and my heart was burning. <laughs> because I knew the testimony was going to be destroyed. So whilst he was about turning, someone took his attention and he looked up, then he turned. Then he turned the next one, that was bad. But the third one was nice. So when he came to the third one, he, he looked down and said, wow, pastor, I'm proud of you. <laughs> The next one was bad. So he turned, someone took his attention. It was divine. Then he was just opening. One, two, three. That one was good. He, pastor, he just closed it. <laughs> yeah. So when our works are inspected, we must be bold. And God inspects our works. Now look at the works you have been doing for God. Think of what you have been doing, whether you are an usher. You are a deacon, you are an elder, you are a pastor, whichever capacity, whether you clean this place. Now think of it, what you are doing now in the house of God. If God is to inspect your work, will you be ashamed? Will you be ashamed if God is to inspect your work? First John 2, 28. <laughs> pastor said God will have to miss one or two pages. And sadly enough, God is omniscient. <laughs> he's he's all-knowing. <laughs> That's amazing. First John 2.28 And now, little children, abide in him when he shall appear. Now, little children, he says, abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have boldness and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Can you imagine? And not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now he's saying that, he's addressing us that when he, the Lord appears, two things is going, are going to happen. He says there are those who have confidence and there are those who will be ashamed. And he's addressing believers, not unbelievers. So, though they are saved, they are ashamed. How can you be saved and still be ashamed? Because you were saved as a son, but you feel as a, as a servant. You failed. Your works were not up to. So, you are ashamed because when your works are inspected, you are found wanting. But others will be confident because of what they did for his namesake. Their motives were right. Their inclinations were right. They did the work heartily and they did it well as God expected. So he's saying, little children, so when he comes, brethren, we must not be ashamed that he's coming when he comes or when we stand before him. Because when he comes at the rapture, when we, after we are raptured, that is when we stand before him and our works are presented. Because our works are going to follow us forever. And are you going to be ashamed on that day? Because pastor said something and you were offended and you decided not to serve again. Or an elder said something and look, look at it, look at it. You were so offended that you decided not to come to church because your friends at work are better folks than those at church. And you lost your reward. Will you be ashamed? Brethren, if I were you, from tomorrow when I'm cleaning the carpet, I'll clean the carpet as though it's an examination for me. If I were you, whatever I'm doing in the church, I will engage my heart the more. Because I may have been tested. Or what has happened may be an examination. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. From 12 to 15. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 12. Now let's start from verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Brethren, you need to understand that the only foundation is Jesus Christ. That's the only foundation. What it means is that anything you build in your life without this foundation will collapse. 
Parenting must be on this foundation. Your business must be on this foundation. Your career must be on this foundation. <laughs> your ministry must be on this foundation. Now, people have built ministries, but businesses, but it's not on this foundation. People are doing their marriage, but it's not on this foundation. Or parenting, but it's not on this foundation. All other foundations are, are, are sinking sands. This is the true foundation. Even your business must be on this foundation. Hallelujah. That's Jesus Christ. Can you, can you imagine doing business and the foundation is Christ? Because you want to use it for your business for his glory. And the Bible says that every man's work, verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Now, listen, examination time is not only when we stand before the Lord on that day. It, is, it happens in life. Follow me. The Bible calls, there's something called evil day in the Bible. Or evil days. The Bible says that stand therefore and haven't done all to stand so that you can withstand to withstand in the evil day. Uh-huh. Take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand what? In the evil day and haven't done all to stand. There's a day called evil day. Not, it's not every day that is an evil day. But the evil day is when something Adverse circumstances. Aha, some adverse situation. It's like, you know, something. Now, in this life, evil things happen, but God has promised protection for us. Aha, so, evil day. Maybe someone speaks ill of you. Someone character assassinates you. Someone, something happens. Someone betrays you. It's called evil day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, in the same way, the Bible says that every man's work shall be manifest, for the day shall declare it. Man of God, you see, in the Greek, when the Bible speaks of the day of judgment, in the Greek, it's capital D. When the day of judgment, that, that is in, in the future, when we stand before the Lord, it is capital D. But when it is not the day of judgment, it is, it is small d. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in the Greek, this is not capital D, it's small d. So the emphasis is not just on that day. It's also happening. So it can be both primary and secondary applications. What is happening is that even now, the fire of trials and afflictions and the things we go through will expose our motives in ministry and what we do. Like when you read them, 1 John 4 verse 16, it says that, Hearing is love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. He's not talking about judgment day that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That word judgment is K-R-I-S-E-S. It's the word crisis, that we may have boldness in the day of crisis. What it means is that when you know how much the Lord loves you, when crisis arises, you can be bold in the face of challenges because you know that God is with you. He loves you. You are going to win. You are not going to be cast down. You can prevail. You can win. You can have boldness in the day of crisis. It has a similar idea that even in this life, our works are going to be tried. Because some people are building with hay and grass. You know what grass is? The Bible says grass is the glory of man. First Peter 2, First Peter 1, verse 24. The glory of man. That means you are serving because you want people to see you. The glory of man. Hallelujah. All right. The Bible says that. Started to show yourself approved on, be diligent, make haste to present yourself approved unto God. And it says, a workman that needed not to be ashamed. When your works are inspected, it shouldn't cause shame, but it should be confident and bold. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And he brings the word of truth. You know why? Rightly dividing the word of truth. That is to say that if your works and your life will be approved, it is all dependent on how you handle the word. Hallelujah. Now, how many of you want to present yourself approved before God? Now, stick yourself to the word because your, 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 the word will purify your heart, purify your motives. The word will just clean you. The right word. That's what will cause you to be presented absolutely perfect before God in all your works and all that you do. So, before I end, there are a few things I want to, uh, I want to touch on that char- characterizes God's workman who is approved of God or who can be approved of God or 
You know, there are things that characterizes God's workman. It's like a badge, a spiritual badge you must wear. Or it's like a spiritual identity, identity ID card you must show. You see, before I came and I was praying, I saw, I saw someone and the person was holding an ID card as a badge of honor, showing her identity as God's servant. The person was confident because she was approved of God. That's why I chose this topic. Hallelujah. So there are things that characterizes you as God's servant. That distinguishes you. Now, to represent God well, I want to touch a few factors, you know, for which when you live it, it's going to impact your lives. Number one, you have to love fervently. You have to love fervently. Love fervently. Love fervently. Okay, now in 1 Peter 1 verse 22, 1 Peter 1 22, the Bible says, says that seeing them that you have purified your souls through the Spirit unto the unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. You love fervently. The Bible says, above all things, have fervent love one for another. For charity covereth a multitude of sins. 1 Peter 4, verse 8. 1 Peter 4, verse 8. Now, in all these verses, 1 Peter 4, verse 8, and this verse, I was quoting from King James. That's where he get the word fervent. Okay. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter, yeah, above all things, have fervent charity, fervent love. Then 1 Peter 1, 22, we should love with a pure heart, but fervently. Say fervently. Now, now, well, as a congregation, see, our love must be fervent. Fervent. Now, if our love is not fervent, it becomes cold. The Bible says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The era in which we are in, there's a tendency for our love to wax cold. Uh-huh. But our love must be blazing, must be blazing like hot fire. When our love waxes cold, you know what happens? The Bible says that above all things have fervent charity, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. When your love is burning, you know what happens? You can cover the sins of others. But anytime, now anytime you realize that you are now fault finding, you are easily finding fault with others, and you are quick to talk about the shortcomings of others. It is a sign that your love is waxing cold. Now your love has become like ice water. It's so cold. Why? You have been influenced by the system. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So in a church life like this, you know, if we see someone says this, and someone's you 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 you, you begin to gossip and speak about people's fault, obviously they they've fallen short. But you begin to magnify their, their shortcomings and speak against each other to justify yourself. It only shows our life, our, our love is waxing cold. You know what happens when our, you know how we should live? Listen, we should never see ourselves, each other, we should not see ourselves in our fault. Don't see your brother in his fault, or don't see your sister in his fault. Especially now, when you are far away and you see yourself once in a while, it's okay. How did you see your fault? But when you are always close, your fault is your faults are easily magnified. Magnified, true or false? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always said very. <laughs> Therefore, the temptation is higher. Because now, if you don't take time, you live in the human plane and not on the divine plane. Because now you always see the person's weaknesses. And the weaknesses are so annoying and so obvious. That if you don't take time, anytime you consider the person, this weakness looms larger in your eyes. And you can respond humanly. That is not, and that is not how the church life should be. So we will need our love to be fervent to live beyond that. I'm telling you. Now, anytime you're always seeing people in their fault, fault, shortcomings, 
You know what it means? It means you, you have gone very far away. Because you see, you are seeing the, the speck in your brother's eye, but the speck reveals that there is a beam in your eye. Sorry, Tim. Now, all of these are wood. Wood speaks of humanity. You are seeing them in their human deficiencies. In, act, in actual fact, he's saying that even your deficiency is greater. Uh-huh. So, the Christian life, as a people, as a family, even if we are missing it, there is fault, there is shortcoming, and we know it, we may even laugh at it, we should be able to see ourselves, each other beyond it. No, see, so sometimes just see your brother in Christ, not in his fault. See each other in Christ. Just see, picture. In the tabernacle of Moses, there were 48 bolts around, and they were all wooden bolts, which stands for humanity. But all the woods were overlaid with gold. So when you see it, the gold is hidden. The wood is hidden in the gold. Now we are in Christ. What we must see is Christ, not our humanity. Other than that, we can become embittered with each other. But try, make, let go. Let go. Listen, if you cannot do this, God cannot entrust you. Because it's an examination. It's a test. I'm telling you, we want more people. Is that not so? More people, more problems. Yeah. More people, more problems. Do you have the heart to tolerate all of them? Can you love them as Christ loves them? Because you are seeing their shortcomings by Christ. Just God is not counting it against them. And God is not seeing it. But the Bible says that fervent love will cover a multitude. Mobakatayande. Now true love is... Now God, you know how much God loves you? He knows all your weaknesses. He knows all your foolish things. He knows what you did yesterday, what you are even doing now, and what to do tomorrow. <laughs> He knows it and he has, he loves you and he loves you eternally. He says, I have loved you with everlasting love. That means his love has already, already spanned the length of eternity. So he has loved you in your tomorrow with all your weaknesses. And he never saw you in your weakness and your fault. But why do we see each other? (laughs) You see, naturally it will come. You feel like, but, you must allow, put the word first. And let him put it first. He says that we should love one another with a pure heart fervently. You know what that word is? Ectanis. Now, ectanis, I'm amazed. The word fervently or fervent is the same Greek word. Ectanis. You know how it is used when Jesus was in Gethsemane? That's how the word was used. The Bible says that in Luke 22, from verses 40 to 40, 44, he prayed the more earnestly in agony. He prayed the more earnestly. And that's the word ectenis. <laughs> that's the same word that is used to describe how much we must love. Now, ectenis means that in prayer, now ectenis is the word for elastic limit. No, elastic. When you stretch the elastic to its highest limit, till you can stretch it no more. You can stretch it no more. That's the word ectenis. So Jesus prayed with such intensity that he ended intensity. (laughs) There is no more intensity beyond the intensity by which Jesus prayed. That's ectenis. And that's the same way describing how much we must love the brethren. That means that I must love you so much that (laughs) I must be able to sacrifice for you so much that there is no more I can do to sacrifice myself for you. <laughs> because sometimes, eh, if someone comes for help, you now you know that you can do more. But you now you have decided not to do more. <laughs> you now you know, but the, the willingness is not, the day is not there. You understand? <laughs> so, <laughs> but love is not a feeling. He says that we must be stretched. And do the best as though we can do no more, we can no more do anything to improve on what we can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. That is the badge of God's servant, God's workman. Yeah. 
That's the identity. And I pray that you all wear it. Wear, I, I, saw, I saw someone wearing it in the vision. Yeah. So when we go to places to preach like, like this one, because it's yearly, we have to hear from God before we come. Actually, there are a lot of sermons I could have preached. That's, sometimes it's more easier. <laughs> yeah, because trying to get the message, asked before that, then it takes a lot of... <laughs> that's why it's a test. <laughs> so I said, oh, God, why? I wish, I wish I could preach something else. I said, hmm, this can be a test too. Let me, let me do what he says. Sometimes I wish God had not spoken. <laughs> But once you are spoken, you have to. Because, because you cannot do what you cannot do otherwise. So, brethren, let's love. Let our love be fervent. Uh-huh. And especially, there are some people, their, their faults and mistakes are so obvious that you can sideline them. Look at this one. No, 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 no. no, no. Now, you, hmm. When I read the final question, the saints the saint in heaven were saying that. Sit in heaven, the way we honor each other. We never knew it on earth. We wish we had known it on earth. We never knew on earth. And when I read it, I said, ah, we need, we need to practicalize this before we get home. Honoring the least among us. Sometimes you want to honor those who are at the forefront or at the limelight. It's good. Give them the honor. But it's not enough to honor them and to dishonor those who are behind. What kind of Christianity is that? Everyone must feel accepted because we have all been received unto the glory of God. So we must receive everyone, cherish everyone, say good things about everyone. And I'm telling you, we shall experience heaven on earth. Hallelujah. Slap your chest and begin to prophesy that your love is going to be fervent. Hallelujah. And the next thing you need is the discipline of the body. <laughs> someone said that one. <laughs> the discipline of the body. Because, you see, without the discipline of the body, you cannot be approved. First Corinthians 9, from verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiver the prize, so run that ye may obtain. The next verse. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. That means he's disciplined, he's temperate. He has self-control. The word temperate is the word for self-control in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we are incorruptible. Let's go on. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. Now Paul is saying that during the, the ministry or the, the Christian race, what we are doing now is compared to an athlete. The way an athlete controls his body is the way we must control our body if we will ever win this race of life. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body. Another version said, I buffet my body. I like that version. I ba- And bring it under subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached the gospel to others, I myself should be an adokimos. Adokimos. You see? Dokimos is what approved. But when you bring ah, is a negation of dokimos. That means now you are disapproved. So, he's not talking about going to hell. No. He, he, now I'm talking about being a servant, not a son. That means he's going to lose his reward. Though he saved. So, he says that if I don't keep my body, if I don't buffet my body, hmm, I can be, I can be a castaway. I can be an adokimos. So you can be disapproved by not disciplining this body. I buffet. Someone read this verse and said, I buffet my body. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) I buffet my body. (laughs) I'm telling you. (laughs) So now, the body. And bring it. Now he calls the body it. I buffet my body. What is the I? Your spirit. Now your spirit keeps your body under. Lest that by any means you should be a cast away. You can be disqualified based on how much 
if you don't discipline this body, you'll be disqualified. Because this body is the vehicle through which you can fulfill God's purposes on earth. This body is the horse. You must control the horse or the horse will control you. Control you. you must rule your body or your body will rule you. If you allow this body to rule you, you are dead. Because when it's time to pray, now your spirit is willing, but your body is saying that to go to the hall and pray, I will never take you. <laughs> so you want to pray? I will never go. I will never do. That. I will never. I will never. I will never go to the hall. Let me sleep a while. Allow me to sleep a while, and you sleep. The next day you sleep. So your body is now ruling your life. <laughs> and by and by, it says you'll be a castaway. You are, I like the verse. You are, you are unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. <laughs> he says, I myself become, should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved. I like the amplified version. Hallelujah. Something has fallen into my eye. I know it's a test. <laughs> I'll not stop preaching the gospel. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'll not stop preaching the gospel. So, brethren, you have to fast. But the body says, Oh, this nice jollof rice. <laughs> I, I going to let go it comes once a while this nice salad will, will you for, forgo this buffet five star hotel <laughs> I'm telling you <laughs> So, Prophet Adam is the one. Faster hotel, you still fast. <laughs> and forgo the buffet. <laughs> Some of us will postpone the fast and go home and do it. <laughs> one day I look at this buffet, I said, No, Lord, give me a plan. So I went there. I was fasting. I just went there. I said, please, can you, can you pack it for me? I'm not okay. <laughs> as soon as it was 6 p.m., I said, wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, so you must rule your body. Your body must be a cup. A captive to your spirit. Yeah. Because if you allow your body to rule you, imagine inordinate affections and passions and lust and desires uh-huh, and what you want to do. If your body rules you, you are dead. But you must command and lead your body. That's how you can prevail. The Bible speaks of the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. Yeah. The word wise is friend. P-H-R-E-N. And the word means to rein in, R-E-I-N, to rein in or to keep your emotions. Now, friend, wise virgins, P-H-R-E-N, wise virgins, when you are on a horse, there's a leather strap connected to the mouth of the horse, which the rider controls and the movement of the horse and even the speed of the horse. He can change the direction of the horse with the leather strap or can even make it stop. That leather strap means that that's the where the word where the word ring in comes from. He's able to direct the horse, even manage its speed. That's the word for wise virgins. Wow. It means to keep the emotions. You're able to rule your body and your emotions. You realize that ah, one of the ways God tests us, let me show you, is especially when you're a young man and God brings a lot of sisters around you. Beautiful sisters. Tall. Some are tall, some are short, some are fair, some are slim, some are big, 
Different colors. Beautiful hairs, beautiful legs. Especially on campus, God brings us sister for, for you to help. Before you realize you are going out with the same sister. Were you to help or you were to take care for yourself? <laughs> Who wants the shepherd that feed themselves? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, but that, that's a test. Yeah, because God brings them around for you to take care of them. Not just to snatch them. And you need to be mature to handle them. Yeah. When they bring their challenges, don't take advantage of them. Help them having clean hands. And they will win your respect. And when God sees that, God will bring more. Because God knows that. Ah. <laughs> yeah. God knows that after this, my son. Hmm. <laughs> But some of God's children, if God, if God is leading her daughter, God will say, God will say hmm, this one is very dangerous. <laughs> Let me spare you. It, it, it really happens. Yeah. So keeping your integrity. Yeah. You shouldn't open your mouth because obviously you see someone who's, who looks beautiful than your wife. I said looks. That doesn't mean it's the, it's the reality. Yeah. Because sometimes beauty can be deceptive. Yeah. And you go like, a man of God told me that when he stood to preach, he was preaching somewhere, and saw a dark lady sitting in the congregation. And that man of God, he likes dark ladies. When he saw the lady, he said to himself, oh, my wife. Where did that pastor meet you? What mistake have I done? Why didn't I make this lady before my wife? So he's telling me that this is what was going on in his mind. Whilst he was about preaching, I saw the lady. So he couldn't even concentrate. And when he finished the ministration, the lady was the first person to walk to him and said, Man of God, can you please father me? This one is final exams. <laughs> what will you do? <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's true, all this can be tested, and you must pass. Yeah. If you can keep, keep clean hands. Just enjoy good friendship with all purity and respectable distance. It's so nice. It's so nice. <laughs> because it will happen. It will happen. And it's a test. Yeah. You meet men of all categories. You say, ah, this is a man I dreamt of. Whilst the person is sharing his problems, you forgot about, the, about what the person is saying. Like, ah. <laughs> Tall, dark, and what? Tall, dark, and deadly. Amazing. <laughs> Telling you. Hallelujah. Now, all these things will come, but God will give you the resistance to prevail. The fact that this thought comes to you doesn't mean you are falling. Don't worry. But the thought it will pass through your head, but don't hold it. <laughs> so, what I, I cherish this thought. <laughs> because you see, the Lord sees you as His Enoch. You are, you are a spiritual Enoch. The Enoch's were to <laughs> the Enoch's were to buff the queens and not crave and desire the queens for themselves. Don't crave God's daughters for yourself. Be a spiritual Enoch preparing them for the Lord. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Quickly, let me finish quickly. The next one is that you, you must not strive. Second Timothy 2 verse 24. But the servant of the Lord must not strive, but must be gentle, apt to teach, and patient unto all men. <laughs> now, verse 24, please. So you are his servant. The Bible says you must not strive. Now the word strive is a Greek word, machomai. Machomai. Machomai is a word that has evolved. In ancient times, machomai was used for people who fought with weapons. Later on, it came to mean people who fought with their hands. In the days of Paul, it came to mean people who fought with their words. That is disputations, dispute and quarrel. So literally he's saying that you, if you are his servant, you must not quarrel. You must, you must not dispute or get to unnecessary, unhealthy argumentations. You got casual market disputing, disputing. You are full of quarrel. <laughs> Mate, now, look at this word. It says, but be gentle, <laughs> kind. Apt to teach means that you have to know how to skillfully lead the people to tr- the truth. The word patient is here appears only once in the entire Bible. You know what it means? Hmm. This word means willing. You must be tolerant. You must be willing to suffer mistreatment. You must tolerate evil. So you are in the trotter, as Pastor Michael is saying, and the guy is to give you one CD, and he ends up giving you 50 pesos, and you lose your anger. Meanwhile, you are his servant. He says you must suffer mistreatment for the gospel's sake. Because you are, that is your identity. You are representing him publicly. Is that what Christ would have done? Ah. <laughs> and you are ready to fight. <laughs> Just because of 20 Ghana. <laughs> That's it. Especially when you are driving. All the temptations come there. All the fruit of the spirit is tested when you are driving. <laughs> All, of them. All of them. I had a testimony, a testimony from Joseph Prince. His wife asked him that why is it that uh, we alone? Every time we are driving, the most troublesome drivers are those who drive before us. He said, <laughs> why is that for us? Every time, the most troublesome drivers are those who are driving for us. So I heard his testimony, and Joseph Prince said that, hmm, honey, it's because I'm proud. He said, I think I'm proud. I, 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 I insist on my right. This is my right. This is my right. Don't come here. Because of that, God loves me so much to permit it to happen to me. So now he's rewriting his exam. That's what he said. Because God wants him to overcome it. So he's allowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For whom the Lord loveth, he chastened it. <laughs> it's amazing. Hallelujah. So our integrity matters. He said, don't strive. Be willing to lose. Embrace defeat publicly. Because you are doing what a human life cannot do. What you are doing manifesting is a divine life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see you winning the battles of life in Jesus' name. The next one is be diligent and not slothful. Now, be diligent and not slothful. Many of God's people are not lazy, but they are slothful. There's a difference between being lazy and being slothful. Being slothful means that the word is netros. It means you are still doing the same thing, but you have lost the aggression and the velocity which you once had. You are moving, you are going on, but the aggression and the momentum which you had is no more. So you were reading the Bible five chapters a day with zeal, but now you make one you read one chapter, even that one, you do the letter to complete the rest. So it's not that you are not doing it at all, but 
<laughs> but you have lost that speed and that aggression. Yeah. And the Bible says in Proverbs 12, <laughs> Proverbs 12, verse 27, that the slothful man, a slothful man roasted not that which he took from handsome. But the substance of the diligence is precious. You know what it means? You know what it means to go for handsome? It's not easy. You take the weapon, you go to the bush, you, you go after the game, you chase it, ah, to kill it. <laughs> you bring it home in pain, in, in, in sweat. You bring it home, you kill the animal, you cut the parts, you dress the animal and everything. It's left the last stage, which is roasting. You say, ah, and you go and lie down. And you never roast it until it gets rotten. So all your works are now zero. Cost 90. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's a slow, don't, he's not lazy. If he was lazy, he wouldn't even have gone for the hunting. <laughs> but he's slothful. You begin, you don't end. How many of you have read books and don't even finish reading the book? Listen, you must be diligent with books. Don't just say, I'm going to read. You must have, your life must be planned. Listen, you must plan the number of books you're going to read in a year. And you must read the number of, you must plan whether you're going to read a book in two weeks, one week, or a month. You must plan it and make sure that when the year ends, you have achieved your result. You shouldn't just go, you must pray for God to put on your heart which book to read. And make sure you finish the book before you get to the next book. That's what you must do. Yeah. Last year, my goal, I reached my goal and I read 20 books in addition to my, my, my goal. I beat my vision, my goal, with additional 20 books. Because if you don't have that vision, you know how it happened. You may think you have a lot of time. Yeah. But if you have planned it, you realize that time is going. I need to make, I need to. Then you'll be able to, with discipline, Manage the time, sometimes a little sleeplessness to get it done. Praise God. Yeah. And some of you have, listen, you have gone for hunting. You've, you've, you've listened to pastors' messages, tapes. You're always listening, but you don't get time to meditate. Meditation is the roasting. It is wanting to get a lot of things, like what I'm saying, but it can just pass through your head. Uh, just a letter can, re- can be retained. But to roast it, you need to go over and meditate and make it personal and make it yours. Procrastination. Say ye not, there are yet four months, then cometh harvest. That's what we do. Jesus said, say ye not, there are yet, oh, the harvest is in four months time. Jesus said, no, lift up your eyes onto the field. The harvest is now. There are things you know you must do it now, but you are unconsciously postponing what you must do now. You are thinking now, some days to come, life is going to be better. Let me just wait a while. That's lustfulness. You must do it now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, anything you hear, God bestows grace to fulfill it. Because the word is creative. The word doesn't come to condemn. Not at all. Yeah. It comes to stir you up. Yeah. The commandments of the New Testament is not like the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the commandments are like you are hungry and you are commanded to eat. Or you are sleepy and you are commanded to sleep. Why? Because the law of life, the desire is already within. So doing it is not, how do you call it, grievous. You can do all of this. Hallelujah. To the glory of God. And what you have to do, do it in season and out of season. Whether it is convenient or not convenient, whether you are happy or not happy, whether you are in a good mood or, or a bad mood, just do what you have to do for the house of God. And don't bury that one talent you have. Years ago, I used to complain and ask God, I said, Lord, why, why didn't you give me any talent? But we all have something in us. Don't bury that one thing given to you. Because if God approves you, the one will become two, and the two will become four, and the four will become six. Hallelujah. Praise God. Finally, be careful what you say. What you say. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. 
so that he that is on the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say. Titus 2 verse 8. Colossians 4 verse 6 also says it. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. If your speech is seasoned with salt, you know what it means? It is preservative. Like the salt of, salt of the covenant. Anything you say leaves lasting imprint, impact on the heart of people. The word preserves. Titus 2.8 says, sound speech in the Greek, healthy speech. Your speech shall impact health. Neither jesting nor foolish talking. Neither filthiness nor jesting nor foolish talking, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Ephesians 5 verse 4. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Ephesians 4.29. In Greek, not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the, the, unto the day of redemption. Praise God. How many of you want to be approved as God's servant? Yeah. That the servant of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto every good work. I commend you to God's word. Rightly divide the word of truth and it will impact every part of you. You are going to be truly furnished. Truly. Yeah. So I want you to be radically transformed. By the time we come next year, you are bringing for fruit and a harvest of righteousness. Your life is going to be improved as never before. In all ramification, lift up your voice and begin to pray. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.